What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Big Easy Bets podcast. I'm your host, Logan, and with me in the studio, Nick Von Brick. Presidents, senators, representatives, what's going to happen? Episode 61 of Big Easy Bets is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped has partnered with the podcast, um, and yeah, they sent us over two packages each uh, for us to check out. A lot of cool gear that they sent us, high-quality boxer briefs, but uh, the best thing that they sent us, the most expensive thing they sent us was the lawnmower 3.0 their razor it's got a 90 minute battery life waterproof can use it in the shower the whole nine yards um their calling card is uh no nicks or cuts on your nuts so i mean that's pretty much every guy's fear everybody's worried about cutting themselves down there well fear no longer manscaped has got you covered you can use the promo code big easy bets for 20 percent off and free shipping um have you dived into uh your, your care package yet yeah the big thing is uh the lawnmower is waterproof. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you don't have to worry about getting um, pubic hairs anywhere other than the, the drain in the shower. Okay. That is true. So, yeah, promo code Big Easy Bets. Um, like I said, 20% off free shipping included. Um, holiday season's right around the corner. Really, we're basically there. We're in November, believe it or not. This year's flying by. Um, so, it'll make a perfect gift. Even if you don't want to buy one of the packages, the perfect package, all of that, they got T-shirts, they got, uh, like I said, high-quality boxer briefs. You can get all kinds of different cool stuff. Promo code BigEasyBets. You can help us out while you're helping yourself out. Also brought to you by the Neutral Ground Sports Network, TNGSportsNetwork.com. You can uh, go check it out. Blogs going out. We got uh, the Dave Devourers videos all over. So, yeah. How, how are we feeling? Episode 61. Coming off a decent decent week in college for me, um, I say decent. It was it was just that decent. But yeah, election day. How are you feeling? Yeah, I don't know. I think. Well, before we get into it, I don't have that many bets in my like for this week because my focus has been kind of on the election. Oh, yeah. I was gonna bet on it, but uh, mm-hmm. getting cold feet at the last minute. <laughs> Yeah, this is undoubtedly the um, the most important election in our lifetime to date for one reason and one reason alone, and that is because in the state of Louisiana, sports betting is on the ballot. Uh, you need to vote yes. If if you go into that booth and you vote no for sports betting, I mean, you're dead to me. It, it, I feel like that goes without saying. I, but in, in all seriousness, can anybody give me a realistic reason on why there shouldn't be sports betting in Louisiana? Because, um, I don't know. I mean... Because like, people shouldn't go out there and, you know, lose their hard-earned money on... But you can go lose it on horses. You can go lose it on cards. You know about that. You can lose yeah. it on a plenty of other things. You can go toss it into a slot machine and just hand it to the casino. Yeah, video poker. Yeah. Come out there everywhere. So there's no reason that I can go bet on horses and I can go bet on cards. There's no reason that I should not be allowed to bet on a football game. So it's a hop, skip, and a jump to go to uh, Mississippi and go bet on it over there. So you're just allowing Mississippi to reap the benefits from all the Louisiana folks driving right over there to go place their bets. So Louisiana needs to get with the times. I don't know what we're doing. But like I said, most important election in our lifetime to date for that reason alone. But, all right, we'll do a quick college recap, and then we'll get our picks out. Like Nick said, he doesn't have too many. I have a, I have a fair amount in college um, and in the NFL, too, to be honest. But, um, all right, so I started off with Georgia minus 14 and a half. They played Kentucky. I sat here on the podcast a week ago, and I told you, it, Kentucky will be lucky to score a point. They really might not score a single point is what I said. Well, they scored three. They kicked a field goal, um, and Georgia only scored 14. So Stetson Bennett fucking is a nerd and couldn't put up more than 14 points. So 14 and a half point spread, uh, they went by 11. So that was extremely frustrating, but it is what it is. Uh, I also had coastal Carolina minus three, which Nick later on added, um, put it out on Twitter. Grayson McCall, we ended up getting the, the word. So I was on it regardless. Um, I was a little tentative, with McCall being out, but I decided to roll with it. Well, then turns out McCall ended up 
being okay enough to play the game. So yeah, and then it only went to a three and a half point. Yeah, spread. And they like, only was won by three 50. or two and a half when we did the podcast. And then <clears throat> I don't know. To me, when you're getting back, it should undoubtedly it your best been, player. It should have easily been a seven point spread. Yeah, I mean they with spread. with McCall should have been fifty point spread. Yeah, I mean they wind up winning. I think it was fifty one and nothing. So yep. it was a nail biter there to the end. But nevertheless, they pulled it out. They covered the spread. Um, we were on opposites on this next game, UCF and Houston. So you took Houston, I took UCF. I feel like UCF showed that their defense is better than what they've been playing. Their defense played pretty good this game. Yeah, and the offense um, is doing what it does. It's a fine, fine-tuned machine. The thing here is, we like if you bet Houston, you were screwed from the jump, basically. Because why, why is that? Um, once UCF, like UCF, got out to a lead, mm-hmm. right, and then it was basically over. Yeah. Well, no, Dylan Gabriel. That's what I said. Dylan Gabriel. Gabriel is just he's too good. He's too efficient. He's not turning the ball over. That's the biggest thing. But I mean, he just slings it all over the field. So if you can't afford to turn it over if you're Houston, you're not going to be able to keep up with them. You can't have empty possessions. So yeah, I mean, UCF. there was the first touchdown score in this game, Dylan Gabriel fumbled the ball, and it was a scoop and score for Houston. Yeah. But, uh, well, yeah, yeah, I meant coming into the game. Like, he hadn't been – he's been taking care of the ball. He's not throwing interceptions. Yeah, but, I mean, other than that, dude, that was, like, the only good thing to go Houston's way. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean – like Houston couldn't move the ball very well on offense. They couldn't convert on third down, mm-hmm. and UCF could, and that's why they beat them handedly. Yep. yep. So you had a Northwestern plus two and a half. It was your big easy bet of the week. How, yeah. How oh my that? god, <laughs> dude. Northwestern was down seventeen to zero in the first <laughs> quarter, and the reason why is, look, Iowa's a good football team. They're always they always have a um a solid football team in mm-hmm. terms of like traditional football, yeah, run the ball, defense. play yeah. tough defense. But Northwestern muffed a punt, which Iowa recovered inside the red zone and scored a touchdown. And then Northwestern fumbled the ball on the net, their next possession. And Iowa, I think, was able to score a touchdown. So, I mean, you go down 17 nothing, And then, really, Northwestern... <clears throat> Leaned on the run, dude. They must have ran it 60 times in this game. Yeah. And, um, you know, they just never – they never wavered from from running the football, and that's – in the end of the game, they were able to get – um, really lean on that, and then they got the lead. Mm-hmm. And then after they got the lead, you know, uh, their defense is one of the best in the country, Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iowa's quarterback isn't terrible, but, I mean, got to throw in some really tight windows – Going against the Northwestern secondary, and um, in the end, I think he threw an interception, and that's what sealed the game. Yeah, yeah. So that was a good pick, um, or it ended up being good for your lock of the week. Uh, we were both on LSU minus three. I really don't want to get into it too much. I really don't. Um, worst loss in LSU history in like the last fucking thirty years, something like that. I don't know. It's like ninety five, something like that. Um, yeah. I mean, I put on Facebook. I made a status saying that uh don't be surprised to see some to see some growing pains from Finley on his first road game in the SEC. Um and there was plenty of that. So but it wasn't just all on Finley. The whole team didn't play well. There's no there was no fight. Um uh, but we'll leave it there. LSU minus three is a bad pick. We should have stayed away from that for sure. Um I was on Ohio State minus twelve and a half. Uh I don't remember the final score, but they covered the spread uh relatively easily against Penn State. Uh, I was also on Florida minus 13. Florida's offense is clicking on all cylinders again. Like it, like it never missed a beat. Um, I had BYU minus 29 was close there. It was close. Uh, they took a, they kicked a field goal at the very end. They didn't have to, they didn't have to, they could have knelt it, but that coach knew what the spread was. He kicked the field goal right down the pipe. BYU covers the spread. My big easy bet of the week was originally Boise State minus 14. Well, I switched it to North Carolina minus six and a half. Why? I don't know. I shouldn't have. I should have rolled with the Blue Broncos like I always do, but I didn't. I switched it to North Carolina. They lose outright to Virginia. Overrated as can be. I will never touch North Carolina again. The spread looked the spread looked weird. Vegas knew something we didn't. That's that's all there is to it. Um Boise State minus 14 over 
the air raid offense over at Air Force. Air Force had over 400 yards on the ground, so more like ground force, I guess. But Boise State covers the 14 without Hank Bachmeyer. So you had A&M and San Diego State. How'd those go? Uh, well, San Diego State smashed whoever they were playing, which it was Utah State. Uh, the game wasn't very close. And A&M, uh, this one was a tough one <laughs> because – this was Arkansas. 12-point spread. You and Josh were on opposite sides here. Um, A&M was up by, I think, how many, 25. It may have even been in the fourth quarter or toward the end of the third quarter. And uh, they really just tried to lean on the run, and they didn't – I don't want to say they weren't really trying to score, but they definitely were playing Conservative. With, a, with a lead. Yeah, and they are playing to not lose. Um, <clears throat> A&M, I mean, Arkansas, on the other hand, was going all out. Really? They went all out to cover this spread, for sure. I didn't watch it, so. Uh, they ended up, so this Arkansas scored a touchdown, which was a legitimate touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, A&M was still playing good defense and all of that. Made an 18-point game, and then A&M gets the ball. They trade the ball a little bit, punt. Arkansas gets the ball with, like, a little bit over a minute left in the game. And they're down eighteen. Well, they're going. They're going for it. They're yeah. going for a touchdown here, yeah. big time. <laughs> and they end up scoring it. They get into the red zone and they ran it in from about nine yards out. I think um, they covered the spread with fifty seconds left. And you are hoping for a miss field, a miss extra point to get a push. Yeah, but uh, he nailed it right down the pipe. And <laughs> that was that. <laughs> so. Josh winds up getting the cover there with his Razorbacks. Um, I forgot I also gave out Minnesota um, on Twitter. So, bad idea. Terrible, terrible decision. They wind up scoring 31 unanswered points, but they ended up losing the game outright, if you could believe it. Um, so, 6-4 and four on the week for me, 2-3 and three on the week for Nick. That brings me to 30-35 and 35 overall, which doesn't sound great, but it sounds a lot better than where we were two weeks ago. We're closing the gap. Uh, I'm starting to, I'm seeing the board clearly and I'm making a push, but I'm not seeing my locks of the week clearly at all. Big easy bets of the week two for two and seven. Uh, Nick brings your record to 21, 19 and one, and he's four and five on his locks of the week. Collectively, we have now hit 538, 38 and one, six and 11 for big easy bets. So, all right, we've got a huge, huge week of college football. I mean, huge week. So. I mean, it's nothing but top 10 matchups in games. So, but let's talk about this BYU and Boise game. Obviously, it's not a top 10 matchup, but it's a matchup of two ranked teams. Um, Team very dear to my heart. Boise State Blue Broncos, number 21 in the country, hosting uh, the number nine ranked BYU Cougars. Are you on this game? Absolutely. You are? Yeah. Okay. I'll break it down first. So... <clears throat> honestly so Hank Bachmeyer was a late scratch um he was not listed with an injury at all last week and college can do that thing where they wait until 10 minutes before the game to tell you who's playing and who's not so I was very frustrated but with that being said um Jack Sears stepped in and played very very well in the absence of Bachmeyer so it wasn't really an issue in terms of covering the spread against Air Force but uh, both of these teams have looked strong to start. Obviously, much smaller sample size from Boise, who is sitting at 2-0, to BYU 7-0. Uh, Zach Wilson is 100% a legitimate Heisman Trophy candidate, completing 75% of his passes for 2,152 yards, 19 touchdowns, and only two interceptions. And his last interception was a really bad one, like a very uncharacteristic for how he's looked this year. Um, so, I mean, it's a Friday game on the blue turf. Boise, like I said, coming off a 49-30 victory over Air Force. Big things to look for in this matchup are the injuries on the Boise State side. Uh, Boise State lost Dimitri Washington, uh, stud D lineman for what is looking like it's going to be the rest of the year. I mean, he got had to get carted off. It's a knee injury. Doesn't look good. Uh, they also lost star running back George Halani in the first quarter against Air Force. So this is not a season-ending injury by any means, but – it's up in the air on if he's going to be playing. Um, so he his status is unknown for Friday. But the biggest thing 
obviously, is what is up with Hank Bachmeyer? Why was he a late scratch? He didn't even travel with the team. Um, there's rumors going around that he has COVID. So whether that's true, that remains to be true or not, that remains to be seen. Uh, Jack Sears obviously stepped in and looked impressive there against Air Force, but BYU is not Air Force. So doesn't mean Hank Bachmeyer won't play. Um, the COVID, the rumors are just that, the rumors. So nothing's been confirmed. But with that being said, I'm going with the Cougars. Take BYU minus two and a half. I feel like BYU's proven. Sears played well in Bachmeyer's absence, but he has not played a defense like BYU's. Air Force does not have a good of a defense as BYU, and they certainly don't have as good of an offense. Um, and only not only that, Boise gave up over 400 yards on the ground. I mean, I know y'all love um, the air raid offense from Air Force, but 400 yards rushing, they were struggling to stop the triple option that Air Force runs. So... Yeah, even on the blue turf, I'm going to go with the Cougars. I feel like yeah, I don't what yeah, go ahead. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Yeah, I don't give a shit who's playing for Boise State. They don't have a shit a shit a shot in the dark in this one, dude. (laughs) For real, like like you said, the big thing here is 400 yards. You give up that on defense. Mm -hmm. Look, when I saw you think of um. How many points Boise State scored? It was 49 last week against Air Force. If you would have yep. told me they were going to score that many points against Air Force, I would have told you they would have won by probably um, 440. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Uh, but Air Force was able to score, run the ball, and score. Um, I don't know. I just think Boise State's going to have a really long Friday night going against a BYU offense that is – you you can talk about Zach Wilson all you want, but let's talk about the Russian attack. It's um, very capable. It's a physical offense. Their offensive line's very good. Their running backs run hard. Um, to me, I think it's, it's really going to be hard for Boise State to play a tight game here just because how well I think BYU's going to run the ball, and then that's only going to make it easier mm-hmm. on – like you said, a, a legitimate Heisman Trophy winner, Zach Wilson, to yep. be able to complete passes on third down. So Yeah, Boise's also without their starting safety. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like it's BYU or stay away. I don't, I don't see how you can justify taking Boise here. BYU has looked like a powerhouse. They're covering every spread, just about. I mean, they're dominating teams at the line of scrimmage, in the trenches. You, you take that... You add in Zach Wilson, the way he's playing, completing 75% of his passes. It's even on the blue turf. It is, And I love the Broncos. I always go with Boise State, even sometimes to a fault. I probably shouldn't have took and taken them uh, last week against Air Force, but I did, and they covered. If I'm on Boise, then you need to be on Boise. If I'm not on Boise, then you really need to stay away. I mean, this was the first game that I looked up. This was the first game that I wrote down. I'm taking BYU minus two and a half, and they're going to be my big easy bet of the week. So, as as they are, are they mine? So yeah, I I just feel like this is a very good spot. This spread, this I I locked this bet in, um, yesterday. Like I locked it in Monday morning, uh, as soon as it became available. Just about because I feel like the spread's going to go more in favor of BYU. Um, it wouldn't shock me if it even got up to four points. I think it should. So especially with Bachmeyer's status up in the air, Holani hurt, um, Dimitri uh, Washington on the D-line out. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I would like to hear somebody make a, make their point on why they're taking Boise because don't get me wrong, I love Boise, and they've got some weapons over there, but this BYU defense is for real, and I don't know what what's more for real, the offense or the defense. So, <clears throat> Yeah, I think uh, BYU is going to win this game. By double digits, either. yeah, I'd be, I'd be willing to bet if this spread was seven, I'd still take BYU. Yeah, I, I, I that's one. Yeah, no, this spread is too low right now. I think it's going to go more in favor of BYU, but we shall see. But nonetheless, like I said, we're both on the both on the uh, the Cougars. <clears throat> so, all right, next one I have: Michigan State at Iowa. Iowa's minus six and a half point favorites at home. They're zero and two. Just lost to Northwestern, blew a seventeen point lead. You heard Nick go over it. Six and a half feels like too much to me. I, I I was texting you about this, and I'm I'm not going to shy away from it. I'm going to go with my gut here. I'm going to take Michigan State plus six and a half. Michigan State's coming off the big upset win over, over Michigan, so they could be 
like everybody, there's some of those people who like to look for those letdown spots and this another coming off a really hard fought game against Michigan. I was good, but they're not great. Their quarterback play has been subpar. Um, and Michigan State's quarterback, Rocky Lombardi, I mean, that's a fucking quarterback's name right there. Uh, he's not playing bad at all. 64% completion percentage, 642 yards, six touchdowns, and two interceptions in two games. So he's not playing bad. Iowa's 0-2, quarterback struggling. Rocky Lombardi, I mean, that's the name of somebody who's going to cover a spread for you. Uh, I look for wide receiver Ricky White to be the difference maker here, come up with a big play late to uh, cover the spread and put it away. Uh, I just feel like six and a half is too many. I'm going to take the Spartans. What do you think? Yeah. So I had this one written down right now from Michigan State, but a little. Like you were going to take them? Yeah, and I think I still am, but I'm a little bit worried about their inability to run the football well. Yeah, but Iowa didn't really run the ball very well either. Yeah, but I think that they were going to Northwestern's really good. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I mean, they lost to Rutgers. Rutgers is not a terrible team. Rutgers was actually quite a few people's um, pick to cover against Michigan State, which they did. But they lost to Rutgers outright 38-27, to Michigan State being they. Um, they turned the ball over seven times. Five fumbles. That's not going to happen every game. You're not going to turn the ball over seven times. If you turn the ball over seven times, you should be beaten by 30. So I think they're better than what the stats are saying. Um, and as long as they can avoid seven turnovers, I think they're going to cover the spread. It's going to be a close game, and they could potentially win outright. So, Yeah, I don't see them winning, but I do see – I think it is going to be fairly close. Um, but like I said before, I'm a little bit worried about Michigan State's inability to be able to uh, to run, and that's what really Northwestern – I mean, they weren't gashing them or anything, but they were hitting them for about three, three and a half yards every run. Yeah. And really tried to wear down that Iowa defense, which is always physical. And I've watched them last week, and mm-hmm. they are still physical. Yeah. Um, yeah, like Lombardi's going to have to make some plays in this one, I think, yeah. for them to have a chance to win. But I, I, I don't think Iowa's offense is quite there in terms of get scoring a, a whole bunch of points unless if Michigan State's just totally not able to stop the run at all. Yeah. So you are on this one? Yeah, I'm on, I'm taking Michigan State plus, what is it six now? And six a and a half, seven, something like that. Is it seven? Let's see. It is, you got it? Six and a half. Okay. Yeah. Um. All right, what's your third pick then? You said you only got three? Yeah. My third one's on Wednesday. Oh, is it? So tomorrow, yeah. or if you're listening in it to this tomorrow than it's today. Yeah. Tonight, Ball State at Miami, Ohio. Miami, Ohio's playing at home. <laughs> They're two-point favorites. Last year, Ball State led the MAC in offense and scoring. They lost a couple of key receivers, but there's plenty of talent still left in their receiving core. Quarterback Drew Plitt is returning. Um... He played well last year. He led. He was the quarterback of the best offense in their conference. Defense sucked last year, though. Um, they allowed a, a 31 points a game, um, but there's a lot of there's a lot of um, talent returning on the defense. Miami Ohio is returning a lot of talent on offense, but I think they're j- Miami Ohio is losing a little bit too much on defense in this one. Um, I'm going to take Ball State as the road underdog in this one. What's the spread again? Two points. Two? Okay. Yeah, I'm, stay, I'm staying away from those middle-of-the-week games. They don't normally do me very well. Um, But, all right, so Ball State plus two? Yep. Um, All right, my next one, I'm going to SEC matchup, two top tens, Florida at Georgia. So what do you what do you think about this game? I don't know. Um, I guess if I were, you know, I was thinking about betting this one, but I'm going to stay away from it because I have like... What side were you leaning? Well, I have this hatred for Georgia. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't ever believe in them last year or this year for Mm -hmm. quite frankly until they were going to play Alabama. And what I saw from them early in the year 
made me bet on them against Alabama. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I want to get them back, but uh, that's why I'm not betting because I want to get them back. You want to get them back as in? I never bet on Georgia. I did, and they beat me, and I want to I want to bet against them and win. Yeah. But I don't – that's why I'm not betting it because I've – that's one of the main reasons why I want to bet it. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going to do it. Um, I'm going to take Florida with the points, and I'm also going to take the over 52.5. Uh, I think the game's going to be eerily similar to the Bama-Georgia game. This Florida offense is for real. Kyle Pitts is a stud. Tony is one of the best receivers in the SEC. Kyle Trask is one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC. I don't think that Georgia has the offensive ability to keep up in this game. Um, I might potentially even – Toss a little money line, a little a little money line uh, sprinkle there, but obviously all of our picks are against the spread. So I'm going to take Florida plus 3.5 to over 52.5. The Florida defense is not good, but the Georgia offense is also not good. So I think Florida will make a play at the end of the game, late in the fourth quarter, to uh, to seal the deal. So I think, uh, I mean, that just – it's hard for me to – Stay away from that Florida offense. Was Georgia without Pickens last week? They might have been, but they don't throw to him even when they have him. That's what I'm saying. If he was playing, I didn't. I didn't know. Yeah, Bennett, dude, Bennett's gonna get benched. I'm pretty sure. Well, they don't. I don't know. We haven't seen Daniels yet, which maybe we'll see him. But the other guy, talented arm, but yeah, I mean he wasn't playing very well against Arkansas. Bennett's just not getting it done though. You only score 14 points against Kentucky. Yeah. I know Kentucky's got a good defense. We saw it firsthand against Tennessee, but. Georgia's not supposed to be Tennessee. Georgia's supposed to be much better. Georgia was running the ball pretty well. But when they got in the red zone, Bennett couldn't get it done. Yeah, I'd like to see Florida win this one. Yeah, they. I mean, they're due. They're due for a win against Georgia. Because I think that, um, you know, if we're looking forward towards an SEC championship matchup, one that could be yeah. interesting would be Florida versus Alabama. Bama, yeah, 100%. Yeah, so I'm going to take the points there, and I'm going to take the over. Um, I think it's Florida's time. It's Florida's time. Uh, the offense is – it reminds me it, – it just has – it feels like LSU's offense. It's not as good, but it just like – they just got weapons everywhere. And Trask is doing really well taking care of the ball, but also throwing throwing a beautiful ball. Um, I'm also going to take another top ten matchup. I'm, I'm, you're only picking three games, so you're done? That's all your college games. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm here for I'm here for the people that are trying to bet on some some top notch games because we're going to Clemson at Notre Dame, number one versus number four. Notre Dame six point underdogs. Big story here. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence is out due to COVID. Um, Notre Dame hit a speed bump when they played Louisville, but since then they've been rolling. Uh, pretty sure they covered the spread the last two weeks. I know they did two weeks ago. Um, Clemson starting a freshman at quarterback. He played last week. I'm not even going to attempt to. Uh, pronounce his name but he didn't exactly light it up but he played he played well enough they made a big comeback won the game outright um I just feel like Notre you would think Notre Dame's licking their chops right here right no Trevor Lawrence like this is their spot wouldn't you think huh okay I wouldn't bet on Notre um Dame. yeah no I, honestly I I honestly think um all the pressure is going to be on Notre Dame in this game. So if you lose without Trevor Lawrence, like they don't have Trevor Lawrence playing quarterback form, if you lose to Clemson with this true freshman, then I feel like their college football playoff chances are gone. It's going to look way worse than if it would have if they would have lost to Clemson with Trevor Lawrence. So all the pressure is going to be on Notre Dame, and I think they're going to rise to the occasion and uh, take advantage of a compromised Clemson team. Uh, I'm going to take the Fighting Irish plus six. Because I mean, if you lose, if you lose to this team without Trevor Lawrence, then I mean you're done. Your chances of getting it, they'll they'll give it to BYU, they'll give it to Cincinnati, they'll give it to another team like that before they give it to a one loss team in Notre Dame that lost to a backup quarterback, a true freshman for Clemson. You know? Yeah, but I mean, I think like people forget that Clemson's defense is really good, and they did get caught off guard. A- and uh, the ball really didn't bounce their way a lot in that first quarter against Boston College. Mm -hmm. But in the second half, I mean, they smashed the shit out of Boston College and allowed their offense to come back from down 
double digits. So no, they, they definitely did. I'm just saying with I don't know, dude. This this quarterback it wasn't the quarterback's fault that they weren't able to that they didn't cover the spread. It was really the defense uh led it up twenty eight points in the first half against Boston College. Notre Dame I don't really like them in big games because um just historically to me they don't they don't show up that much. Yeah, well they're gonna have to show up this week. Because I mean, you think Notre Dame's getting into the college football playoff? If they've I don't think they're getting in, but okay, if they if they win against Clemson though and win out, then they'll get in. Who who would get in over them? Yeah, if, if they went out, they'll get in. But I don't. They're not going to be. I don't see them beating Clemson. And I quite frankly, I could see Clemson really like shutting Notre Dame down. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I I don't. I don't know. I'm on Notre Dame. I think uh, I think they're going to show up and play. I think Coach Kelly's going to have them ready. I mean, the, if if they're ever going to do anything, now's the chance. Now's the chance. You've got the best quarterback in college football, arguably the best, out due to COVID. You're getting to play a true freshman at quarterback against Clemson. So they're beatable. We know they're beatable. We saw what LSU did to them in the national championship game. Not saying Notre Dame's offense is anywhere near the high-powered offense that the Tigers had, but – this is if there was ever a time to take Notre Dame, I feel like this is it. This is this is going to be their chance. They win this game. I mean, they're not going to have two. I mean, who's their toughest test after Clemson? Probably nobody worth a shit. You know. Yeah. So you win this game, you're basically in the college football playoff, unless you have some type of really bad fuck up. But so yeah, no, I mean, I feel like they're going to be fired up. They're going to be ready to go. They still have to play North Carolina, but that's yeah, that's, that's the only other. But yeah. dude, they could. They could, but North Carolina's overrated. I mean, to only score seven points against a Louisville team, I know they scored 45 against Pitt, who historically always has a good defense, and they scored 31 against Georgia Tech. Who um, also has a solid That was defense. a 20-point spread, so they didn't cover that. But um, I don't know, dude. Clemson's defense, you know, Really, to me, they just that twenty-eight points was a big fluke from Boston College last week. Uh, the, I don't think that that game should have been as close as it was, but um, I don't know. You do have a good point. You're going to go up against a fresh, a true freshman quarterback who doesn't have experience in a big-time game, and he just got on the road done playing his first game. Which I mean, he played well. Not uh. Yeah, but Not he, he like didn't play spectacular. At a superstar though. level, but yeah. uh, he did enough to bring him back. I mean, he got a lot of help from that defense. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm not betting on it. But, yeah. I mean, they forced no turnovers against BC. So I don't feel good enough to bet on Clemson. But it, I guess if I, you know, I had to, I would take Clemson. But The biggest thing, the like they, stopped, they shut down Boston College's rushing attack. But Boston College does not have – a rushing attack near what Notre Dame has. Um, if he, it's going to be on Ian Book, it's going to be how Ian Book plays. But I think, I think he's going to be able to get it done. He's been clicking the last couple weeks. They, they found some life in the offense since that bad game against Louisville, that questionable game where it was just very uncharacteristic to what they've been doing this year. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think this is the spot for Louisville. I do. They're going to have way more, like Boston College only had 67 rushing yards on 34 attempts. It's going to be way different than that. They're not, if they can just stay ahead of the chains and just keep up with, just allow, stay close enough, allow this true freshman quarterback to fuck up and make a mistake. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens, but I, uh, I'm i going to take the Irish for sure. Um I'm also going to take Texas A&M, minus 10, over South Carolina. I think Texas A&M, the door's open for them. They're sitting at number seven in the nation. Um, the door's open. I mean, you got Georgia and Florida playing each other. They're they're going to have a loss, one of the two. Georgia's already got a loss. Um, did A&M lose this year? Yes. Who'd they lose to? Alabama. Oh, right, right, right. And you can, you can potentially get in with a one loss against Bama. So... Yeah, I mean, it was early in the year. Uh, A&M, they don't have a really tough schedule ahead of them, but um, I don't know. This year, you know, the 
Big 12, there's no more undefeated teams in that conference. So. Yeah, the Big 12 is basically out. The Big 12, I don't think it's going to have anybody representing them in um, in the college football playoff. I don't know. To me, you're going to get one from the ACC, uh, yep. which will probably be Clemson. Yeah. You're going to get Alabama. Alabama, if they went out, which they probably will. Um, Possibly Florida. Yeah. The only chance Florida has is if they, they can't get in if they beat Georgia, and then they lose to Alabama in the SEC championship. They'll have to beat Georgia, win out, and then beat Alabama in the mm-hmm. SEC championship in a close game. I don't know if, if Florida was to blow out Alabama, I would say you'd have to. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Blue I don't know. Alabama you'd have out. to see what would happen with what all that. Okay, but, but like, I mean, still, we got to see what happens with the Pac-12. We got to see. Obviously, Ohio State will probably be in it. Um, they look really good. Justin Fields looks amazing. Um, yeah, I think there's going to be a second. There could be a second Big SEC 10. team. Oh, SEC, yeah. I don't know, but I also like some team from the group and uh Well, that's what I was gonna say. The non power five. There's BYU schools. and Cincinnati are the two main two. Yeah. So um that's what if BYU say BYU loses to Boise, hypothetically, and then Cincinnati loses later on down the line. Um, I mean, then what? Obviously we gotta see what happens with the Pac twelve. USC's expected to they they have high expectations this year. The offense is supposed to be incredible. Just all really comes down to if the defense cannot be miserable. Um so I don't know. We'll have to see what happens with the Pac twelve. But if say BYU loses and Cincinnati loses, that's really your two um outside of the power five. Um like the two contenders, the guys who are fighting for that fourth spot. So it's like you never know. A team like A&M. Be, I'm be, I'll be honest. I don't think BYU or Cincinnati would have a uh, chance against either one of those three teams that we just mentioned, Alabama, Clemson, or Ohio State. But, I mean, you want the best teams in there, and I think certainly there there would be a case if um, – yeah, but if BYU wins If Georgia out, got a second loss or, yeah. or if Florida got a second loss. No, I feel like they should put one of them in there just because, I mean, if, if not, then it's like, well, then why are we even have a separate tournament for the Power 5 schools then? If they go undefeated, if BYU beats a 21-ranked Boise, um, and then they've been slaughtering people. So, I mean, I get they're not playing super great competition, but still, I feel like if they win out, then they deserve to potentially be on a spot if, if the cards or if the chips fall where they may and say Georgia gets a second loss and Florida gets a loss and this or actually Florida lost to A&M. So they've already got one loss too. Um, so yeah, I don't know. You can't just keep putting in the same top schools every time, even though that they're the best. I feel well, like, yeah, I think if there's a two loss, non a power five school, then you got to eliminate them. Like yeah. if Notre Dame were to get smashed by Clemson or, even if they lose a close one, I think you got to eliminate them mm-hmm. right there because you have these teams that, I mean, you look at it and you got to also look at like projected Vegas odds because mm-hmm. Vegas is like always right. Yeah. And I think that if like Notre Dame were to play BYU or Cincinnati, it'd be a pretty damn, it'd be a close spread, I, I'd feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, probably so. But, and they're the number fourth ranked team right now. So, I mean, it's very relevant. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, so I'm adding A&M against South Carolina minus 10. Uh, d- did you look at this Nebraska-Northwestern game at all? Yeah, I mean, I'm tempted to take Northwestern again, but – um. Really, I was tempted to take Nebraska, but I stayed away. Is not is their quarterback – their quarterback's still out, right? Uh, Yeah, I think so. But, I mean, who's step, who was stepping at McCaffrey? I, I could be confused with, with something else, but – um. No, Northwestern to me just their defense is super strong. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to have a really good offense. You have to have a super efficient offense, a quarterback that can throw into tight windows on third down, um, to really have a chance against them. Or you have to recover two fumbles and score early in the first quarter to keep the game close. To me, I don't know. Northwestern really should have beat Iowa by probably at least ten points, but um, you know fumbles. Let Iowa get out to a lead. Um, Northwestern's able to run the ball, but they're not super flashy in terms of like speed. It's really their linemen trying to get to the second level. Uh, they 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 wear team. They wore Iowa down really. Um, but no, their running backs aren't like these super talented running backs. They're just more of a, like tough runners. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm also going to take the uh, Oregon State and Washington State over 63-and-a-half. That game's always high scoring. It's always 50-50. to 50. So, um, yeah, I'm going to take that as well. That is that's a Sunday game. Um, so you have no more college? No. Okay. All right, to recap, I'm going to take BYU minus 25 on Friday. It's my big easy bet of the week. Take Michigan State plus 65 I'm going to take Florida plus 35 and the over 52.5. Take a Notre Dame plus 6. Take an A&M minus 10. I'm taking Oregon State, Washington State over 63 and a half. I'm taking Ball State plus two on Wednesday night at 6 p.m. I'm taking number nine, BYU, minus three against Boise State. And then I'm also taking Iowa minus six and a, I mean, I'm taking Michigan State, excuse me, minus six and a half. I mean, plus six and a half. I'm, I'm, I'm all types of combobulated. <laughs> Michigan State plus six and a half on the road against Iowa. Okay. BYU is my big easy bet as well. <laughs> All right. So there's the college picks. We'll recap NFL real quick. Thursday night we had the Falcons and Panthers NFC South matchup. We were on opposite sides of the fence here. Uh, Falcons end up winning outright. Uh, late pick by Teddy Bridgewater sealed the game. They covered the two and a half point spread. I had Titans minus five and a half. They end up losing outright to Joe Burrow. Um, so if there was ever a time to lose a bet, at least it's to Joe Burrow. So. Uh, we were on opposite sides of the Dolphins and Rams. Uh, Tua did not exactly light it up, but the Dolphins played an incredible team game by getting a defensive touchdown and a special teams touchdown. The Rams are the most inconsistent team in in all of football, so it's it's a little ridiculous. We were both on the Raiders, thanks to Justin um, for taking the Browns. We hopped on the Raiders plus two and a half. They went outright. Uh, you had the Chargers minus three. They end up losing by one to the Broncos, which Dude, Drew Locke wasn't looking great in this game. But I think the Chargers were up like twenty eight to, I mean twenty four to three mm-hmm. um, in the third quarter, and then somehow the Chargers uh, fell apart. I think A Bears Herbert threw two interceptions. Yeah. And um, they weren't able to score for a while there. They ended up kicking two field goals, I think, in the fourth quarter. They were up by six and giving the ball back to the Broncos with um, enough time to put together a drive, but it was a two-minute drive. And they got the ball in the red zone. It It may have been even a fourth down throw. That was ruled incomplete, and then there was a defensive pass interference call, so you get one untimed down. And um, the Broncos threw a touchdown on that play. Yeah, that sucks. Um, I also had the Saints minus four as my big easy bet of the week. Obviously, we all know they won by three, but I'll take it because we were down, and then uh, we were up, and then then we let them back in. Ten-point lead in fourth quarter. They end up coming back tying it. We go to OT. Uh, we get win the coin toss, yippee. We fucking don't do anything with it. We give it back to the Bears. Then we take it back from them. And then we go down and Will Lutz, ice in his veins, pipes a game winning field goal. Um, after Morstead couldn't get the laces out on one earlier in the game. But a win is a win. Saints are now sitting at 5-2. and two, uh, And we're on to Tampa. Half game behind Tampa for the lead in the division. Um, so very big game this week. I'll be in Tampa. I leave on Thursday. We're driving. Um, so yeah, I'll be at the game. Probably gonna be a little rainy, but that's all right. I'll be there. We'll be loud and we'll be, uh, supporting the Houdat nation. Um, but yeah, don't cover the four points. Really shouldn't have been that close. Um, but it is what it is. Two and three on the week for me. Two and two on the week for Nick. Uh, brings me to 15, 19, and one overall. Three and five for my locks of the week. Nick is 18 and 12. He's four and four for his locks of the week. And then uh, combined record, we're sitting at 16, 19, and one. Combined record for our locks of the week, six and seven. So trending down a little bit. But, um, but yeah, so we're going to keep moving in the right direction here. Um, NFL, let's see. Thursday night, we got the Packers, and we have, I mean, these Thursday night games have been not spectacular, and we finally look like we're getting one. Packers at 49ers, and then Jimmy Garoppolo's out. George Kittle breaks his foot 
I'm pretty sure, but he's running to the locker room because the guy wakes up and eats nails for breakfast. Um, so 49ers have been absolutely a dumpster fire this year, as a friend of mine from uh, San Francisco would put it. I mean, can't catch a break with injuries. I think Mostert's still out. Um, we've got five-point spread in favor of the Packers on the road. I feel like it's the only pick. Obviously, we, I would stay away from this, but we always pick the Thursday night game. So um, I'm going to go with the Packers here. I'm going to roll with Aaron Rodgers. They look good as of late, uh, except, I mean, I say that. I've got so many games going in and out every week. They look great against Houston, um, but they are coming off a loss against Minnesota, 28-22. I know uh, Rodgers was bitching about them picking up a flag for pass interference, boo-fucking-who. Uh, welcome to the Saints reality for every game, every damn game for the last four years. So uh, I do feel like with the with the 49ers roster compromised the way it is, you got to go. You got to go with the Packers here. You got to take Aaron Rodgers, even though I'm pretty sure Aaron Jones is uh, questionable. But then also Jamal Williams, I think, tested positive for COVID. So um, I don't know. It's it's a little crazy this year. It's hard to uh, really get a grasp on everything. Everybody, you don't know who's hurt. You don't know who's sick. It's one or the other. So, But I feel like the only real way to go here, you got to take the Packers with the points. I, I can't touch the Niners. And since we have to pick the Thursday night game, that's what I'm doing. I'm taking the Packers minus five. So what side of the fence are you on for Thursday? Yeah, I'm on the Packers as well, even though they're without their three best running backs. Yeah, Jones is – well, Jones is questionable, I believe, but – um. William, Jamal Williams got COVID. So and A.J. Dillon is also going to be out. A.J. Dillon's also out with COVID. Okay, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think you look at it, and like you said, you know, Garoppolo being out, Kittle being out. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the 49ers offense right there. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it should be said, too, that I'm pretty sure uh, the Packers are 5-1 and one against the spread. So, uh, Yeah, I'm kind of – I mean, pretty the good. big thing here is that the Packers are, are a road favorite. Five and a half points is a lot to be a road favorite. But um yeah, I got it at five. Is it up to five and a half? I don't know. It might be at five now. No, I think you're right. It's five and a half. So yeah, five and a half. Um, but yeah, so five and a half point favorites on the road against San Francisco. Yeah, but I I think the Packers defense has been playing better. Um, they're coming off of. Are they coming off of a buy or did they just play? No, they just lost. That's what I was just saying. They just lost to uh, Minnesota, 28-22. to Rodgers okay, was yeah. complaining about the uh, – he felt like a pass interference call was picked up. So, Yeah, I did, I did watch the end of that game, and it was kind of surprising that the Packers were able to uh, come back. They mm-hmm. they had a chance to, I think, win the game at the end. But um, Yeah, no, they did. Time ran out. Yeah, so um, – yeah, I mean, it looks like we're both on the Packers there. Like I said, I, I probably wouldn't pick this if we didn't have to, but it is what it is. So it looks like we're both on the uh, the Cheeseheads minus five and a half. Um, next pick I'm taking is at noon, um, Ravens minus two and a half over the Colts. I'm going to take the Ravens here. I feel like the Ravens bounce back from a loss uh, better than most teams do. They don't lose very often. So Colts are very wishy-washy up and down. Uh, Ronnie Stanley is out for the year, uh, left tackle for the Ravens, so that's not great um, for Lamar Jackson. But, I mean, it is what it is. I think he was, like, one of the best pass-protecting O-linemen in the league, like 97% success rate um, when they drop back to pass. But, uh, I mean, I don't know. Everybody's banged up right now. They really are. So, uh, I know I know the Ravens are going to be weak at linebacker going into this game, but I just feel like they respond well to a loss. They're coming off of a hard-fought game with an undefeated Pittsburgh team, 28-24. to um, I think this is a good spot for the Ravens. I think the Colts are too inconsistent. Phillip Rivers is going to make a critical turnover um, like he likes to do. He's sitting on 10 touchdowns and 6 interceptions this year. So um, that's going to be my second pick of the week. Are you on this game? No. No? All right, what's your next one? Um, Let's see. I don't know. What do you think about the Bears going against the Titans? I stayed away from that one. The Titans have uh, looked like they're kind of falling off a little bit, and then the Bears, I mean, I, I, 
I don't want to bet on the Bears if I don't have absolutely have to. Um, the Bears probably might turn back to an, another bad performance from Foles, and we might see Mitchell Trubisky uh, under center for the Bears sooner rather than later, in my opinion. I think a lot of fans are starting to call for Trubisky to come back. Um, so I don't know why. Which side are you leaning? I was leaning Bears, but um, I, just because of the defense, I know that they – Allowed over a hundred yards rushing to the Saints, mm-hmm. but uh, some of that came from Taysom Hill. Yep. Um, Alvin Kamara had a pretty good day on the ground, not a heavy workload, but an efficient one. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I'm gonna stay away just because of the offense, how bad they are. Um, I don't know. I do see the Bears able to neutralize Derrick Henry though, but you wonder, um if the Bears' offense is just going to be able to do enough. I know they were able to run a ball better last week, but I don't know. I don't see – in the second half, they, their offense was just too too yeah. bad for me to take them, I think. Yeah. So – So you're going to stay away? Yeah, I'm going to end up staying away from that one. Um, Next one I'm taking is – I'm going to take the Giants plus three over Washington. Uh, The Giants looked good. The Giants should have beat Tampa on Monday night. But Daniel Jones – Sucks. I mean, there's no two ways about it. Daniel Jones sucks. But Daniel Jones apparently doesn't suck against uh, the Redskins because he's never lost to him in his career. Short career, albeit, but 3-0 and against him. Um, so getting three, I'll take the Giants here. Their secondary is really well coached, I will say. Their secondary is really well coached technique-wise. Um, I know Bradbury got uh, late PI calls. I didn't really like him. And then there's a PI call um, against the Buccaneers that they wind up talking about and then picking up. I don't understand that. I don't understand that. He did. It was a bang-bang play. um, But when you slow it down in a super slow motion, he did get there slightly early. Um, So you threw a flag for a reason. You thought you saw pass interference. You'll talk about it, and then you'll go, oh, shit. Tom Brady's on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now. So we got to pick this flag up. Uh, Storyline would be better if they're on a win streak and the Saints are on a win streak. Sunday night, it'll look great. I mean, come on, guys. Let's let's not make it as obvious as we can. Um, it's okay to throw some shit on, on Tom Brady every now and then. But I'm going to take the Giants. I think this is a good spot for the Giants. Daniel Jones has got to play better. He's got to start feeling the heat a little bit because he just fucking sucks. Uh, he missed so many deep balls that would have been guaranteed touchdowns. If he could put the ball on the money, that game wouldn't have been close. Uh, late interception, terrible interception when he should have just got rid of the ball. He's getting basically slung to the ground, and he decides to try to throw an out route to Golden Tate and then fucking interception. So he's bad. He looks like a fucking dweeb. I don't think he's going to be the quarterback of the future. Uh, dude played at Duke, for Christ's sake. He's not. This isn't basketball. So, um, yeah, I, I think his days in New York are numbered, but he'll be able to tell his grandkids that he never lost to the Washington Redskins. So Giants plus three. You got another one? Yeah, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna good jump on that Giants team just because, you know, you look at the Giants and what they've been able to do. They played a lot of close games. Yeah. Um, the first game they beat the Redskins by one. Mm-hmm. Kyle Allen played well. Um, but the Giants were really able to run the football in that one. So you gotta you gotta take some pressure off of Daniel Jones, um, who doesn't really have any like superstars or really. There's good players over there. Quality players though, but, like they're not superstars, but they're solid. You got Golden Tate, solid receiver. Slayton's a solid receiver. You got Evan Ingram, who we, I don't think he's ever met. I mean, they've got people to go to, but yeah, no, there's not the guy. There's not a superstar, but yeah, there's not a real guy that he can lean on. And then that yeah. guy got injured, Saquon Barkley. So, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I meant more in the catching the ball, but yeah, but he caught the ball too. Yeah, so so to me. I don't know. I think look, their defense is scrappy. Their uh, offense at times can run the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, Washington's n- not a very good football team, but they're they're not like the worst team in the league. They are still they still play good defense sometimes. Yeah, uh, underrated. Kyle D-line. Allen. I don't know. I just see Kyle Allen like. Okay, I get he comes in every now and again and plays pretty good. Uh, bet exceeds expectations, but. I think the Giants' defense is too much for him this week. Yeah, no, I was I was pleasantly surprised with how the uh, Giants' secondary played against um, against the Buccaneers. Had Tom Brady whining like a little bitch on the sidelines. So, um, next pick I'm taking is 
right on cue with that. I'm taking the Saints plus five and a half on the road in Tampa. Um, I'm going to be completely honest. I don't love this spot for the Saints. Coming off of a road game, tough road game in Chicago. Um, I don't love this spot for the Saints, but five and a half is too many points. Hopefully we're getting Michael Thomas back and Emmanuel Sanders back. I, If we get them back, then I'll feel much better about it because we have not even scratched the surface on what this offense can do. This offense can be one of the most dynamic offenses in the league. We just need our players back. I, I, I was asking the question, so everybody's like, oh, the offense this, the offense that. We're still scoring like 30 points a game. And you think how do you think Seattle would do if you take away DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and then uh, number eighty three more? You take those three guys off the field. You think they're putting up stellar numbers? Yeah. Well, you, like, what do you think? Yeah. You take away Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, and whoever the fuck they're third. They have a bunch of like guys who could Pringles. be their third. Yeah, Pringle. There's Demarcus <laughs> Robinson. But you take away Tyree Kill. You Hard take away man. Kelsey. That's probably the one team that still could do it, just because Mahomes is a freak. But I mean. I mean, look at – you take away – the Cowboys are a bad example because they're fucking terrible, but you take away Amari Cooper, uh, Michael Gallup, and CeeDee Lamb. Who the fuck are they throwing to? All right. You take away Julio Jones. You take away Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage. Who the fuck are they throwing to? You take away your top three receivers. I, I think we've handled it better than anybody else could. Well, it's because Mar- um, Alvin Kamara's yes. one of the best football players to ever walk on this planet. No, yeah, he is. Bruce Arian said, hey, I coached Marshall Falk, and that guy's scarier than Marshall Falk. So that's a fucking damn good compliment. Um, yeah, so I I think Michael Thomas is going to be back. What do you think? No, I do too. Yeah. And I think Emmanuel Sanders. The trade deadline's over, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, he's not getting traded. So he both of our best receivers should be back, and then – you just look at what the offense has been able to do without him. Well, Callaway's going to come back too. Callaway was feeling good about being able to play this past week, um, and obviously he didn't. So I feel like they were sitting him out thinking that we should be able to beat the Bears without them. Shows how fucking bad the Bears are with that overrated record. We should be able to beat the Bears. Rest up, come back. We got to beat Tampa. We got to beat Tampa. We take take a fucking chokehold on the division if we beat Tampa. That we'd be 2-0 and against them so far in the year. Falcons are gaining some traction, but still not a good team, and we already got a win over Carolina. So we could take a chokehold on the division if we can go ahead and uh, if if we can beat Tampa. So, yeah, I, I think I think we should be back at damn near full strength. So, And we got Quan Alexander, who's not going to be able to play even if he was healthy, but he's nursing a high ankle sprain um, due to COVID restrictions. He wouldn't be able to play regardless. But he's going to be coming back soon. So if it's not the following week, it'll be the week after that. So I love that pickup. Add, added depth at linebacker, which we were already shallow at. We got rid of Kiko Alonso, who I don't even think suited up for us yet this year. So I think that was a great move. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel good um, if we can get back to full strength on the offensive side of the ball because the the plays were there for the Giants. Daniel Jones just didn't. Didn't hit them. So, um, but I think, I mean, they love to blitz. If we can get it, get, we get rid of it quick to Alvin Kamara, get him one-on-one on the sideline, make somebody miss, and then we're off to the races. If Michael Thomas comes back, you want to blitz, that's fine. Michael Thomas can get open on a slant route any day of the week. So, real quick, two yards, break in. You're trying to blitz, and he's fucking, we've already got it to him for a gain of six yards at least. Um, Chris Godwin's questionable. For the Buccaneers, it's supposed to be a six-week injury after he fractured his finger and had surgery. Now they're saying he's 50-50. He really might be able to suit up. Like, of course, six-week injury. He can come back in fucking seven days. So if he's out, that'd be nice. Antonio Brown's making his debut. How do you feel about that? I don't know. I guess we'll see how much he plays. Bruce Arians said it could be 15 plays. It could be 25. He said it's not going to be anything like 60. He said, so it's going to be a limited role, which I expected. It's not going to be, they're not going to just thrust him back out there. It's going to be like his first game with uh, New England against Miami, which he caught a touchdown in that game. But I'm not worried about Antonio Brown, to be yeah. to be quite honest. I mean, if I Not think, in the first game. Yeah, not right now. Just because, I, like you said, if he's not playing a lot of snaps, then um, he doesn't really have. You can't as much of a chance to get our defensive backs on on here because he's one yeah. of the better route runners to ever play. Yeah, hundred percent. But you can't uh, replicate game speed on a practice field, right? And so. to me, if like there's not enough snaps of them seeing him, I mean, look, he can make a few catches, but uh, 
you know, what you really worry about is him totally taking over a game. I think the last time Antonio Brown played the Saints, he really did totally take over the game. But the Saints ended up winning because of Juju Smith. Sheldon Rankins. Schuster fumble. Yep, because Sheldon Rankins came and popped out. I was at that game. Um, Yeah, no, I'm not not too worried about it. I I mean, the dude's an all-world receiver when he's – when he's in shape, which, and he's going to be in shape, but he's not going to be in game shape. You can't duplicate game speed on a practice field. You just can't do it. Uh, what we should do is put Chauncey Gardner Johnson, Cha- fuck Chauncey Gardner Johnson on him and let him just talk to him. He'll be ejected within the first six minutes of the game. So, um, that dude must be the best shit talker of all time because he had whims like ready to throw his career away. You saw that? Yeah. That was wild. Oh, cause he took his mouthpiece. I know. I know. I, well, I think it was like... Well, he poked Anthony Miller in the face. And then the next play... I mean, so he definitely instigated it. Like, he snatched his mouthpiece off, and Wims even throws his hands up. He's like, the fuck? <laughs> and then he waited. He stewed on it for, like, I think it was 12 total minutes because he got... They ended up punting it to us. We punted it back to them. Then it was a couple plays later. Like, he finally gets back on the field. And then he immediately, as soon as the first play that he's back on the field, he goes and fucking runs over to him and just starts throwing haymakers. But Yeah, well, he tried to snatch his mouthpiece, yeah. but he failed. And yeah. I think that's what made him mad, even yeah. mad enough to fight him. I know. Like, I think if his mouth, if he would have just took he his mouthpiece, it would have been whatever. Yeah. But it's like he missed, and then his adrenaline was already mm-hmm. gone, had gone too far, and he lost control. I'm glad they suspended him two games. I'm. I'm glad he didn't suspend him for a ton of games, you know? No, yeah, yeah. Because it was yeah. back a back and forth type. At first, it was like, what the hell's going on here? Mm-hmm. He just started swinging on him, but no. No, he was provoked. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I, I don't want that to come hurt us in the playoffs because Gardner Johnson does dumb shit. Um, but if you don't get caught, and then I like it because you got a receiver throwing out the game. Yeah, I think he's turned playing. momentum. Um, he's playing his best football right now, Gardner Johnson. I, I believe so. No, this he, year people were hating on him. Well, he started game. off. He like, had he slipped um early in the game against Chicago, and then he slipped late. So he had two bad plays. With the exception of the two bad plays, he played really well. Gardner Johnson played very well. Made some critical stops, good tackles where it was just him. If you don't make that tackle, he's running for another twenty yards at least. Um. I felt like Chauncey Gardner-Johnson played a very quality game. He made a couple plays on the ball in the air in in pass coverage. So, yeah, no, I think he's playing well. I think um, there's a reason P-Rob's not touching the field, and I really like P-Rob. I felt like he played great in the absence of um, Lattimore and Janoris Jenkins. So, But there's a reason that P-Rob's not getting on the field. So, yeah, no, I'm – I think he's playing well. I'm happy with him. Just don't, just don't do anything that's gonna, don't do anything dumb that's gonna cost us. I was happy that he just sat there and ate those punches and didn't really throw back. And then Schnorris Jenkins, like a fucking, uh, fitting to the name, the Jackrabbit, hops on his <laughs> back and latches on him. And like that's what everybody's saying. You you want somebody like Janoris in your corner. Um, but yeah, so I'm gonna take the Saints plus five and a half underdogs on the road. Um, potential money line spot here, but definitely the points. Um, and then my last pick, I feel like you're probably on this. Pick. Yeah, I'm on the Saints as well. Oh, did are I mention you? that? Yeah, they're my, they're going to be my big easy bet. Oh, really? Yeah, I just we've we've been talking about it, but look, it's just too many points, like you said in the beginning. Um, I don't know if we win this game, but mm-hmm. because I just don't know when's the last time, you know, or if ever Tom Brady's lost two two divisional games to the same opponent. I know he's played in the worst division yeah, yeah. of football for yeah. the past twenty years, but um, you know, it's hard to beat. The Buccaneers are definitely a legitimate team. Mm-hmm. Uh, their defense is very good. But, um, look, the Saints are getting their best players back on offense. I think that we have a total package as as far as, you know, a, a number one wide receiver who's a clear number one than our number two guy. Yep. Over over at Tampa Bay, it's kind of like who's who. You, you know, there's, God, there's you no clear role. Evans. Yeah. yeah, there's no clear role. And then you got Alvin Kamara, then – Jared Cook is getting more involved in the offense as of late. So, yep. um, I don't know. I think our offense do- definitely does enough to keep this one close. I do think that this is probably going to be settled by a field goal. I think the defense played well, too. The defense didn't play spectacular. Um, we well, in the second half, the Saints they stepped up. Stepped up, yeah. yeah. No, and I think I – think, We really should have been able to run to victory formation, yeah. but we won't even get into that. We just don't know yeah. what's going on. Yeah, so um, – yeah, I don't know. I think um, 
we're we're moving in the right direction. So we are not playing our best football yet, and we're sitting at five and two. So you can't really ask for much more than that. You can only ask to fucking start clicking, get get to where we're playing our best football, and see what we can really do. And to do that, we got to get back to full strength. So and we're about to. So um, yeah, I'll make it. I'll make it my big easy bet as well. So um, my last pick though that so that's it for your NFL picks. Yeah. Okay. My last pick is going to be the Patriots on Monday night minus seven against the Giants. Patriots are reeling right now. The Jets. Jets, that's what I meant. Um, yeah, Jets are fucking terrible. Uh, Adam Gase is a dumbass. Um, Cam Newton, I mean, they bad fumble late in the game, but they very easily could have went down and uh, won the game against the Bills. Bills made a great play, sealed the game. But Patriots are reeling right now. They've got to, they've got to get a win. Got to get a win, and they're going to win decisively. So I'm going to take the Patriots on Monday night minus seven. Uh, to recap my picks, Packers minus five and a half, Ravens minus three, Saints plus five and a half, my big easy bet, Giants plus three, and Patriots minus seven. You go ahead and do yours. I'm going with the Packers minus five and a half on Thursday night, the Giants plus three, and I'm going to take the Saints plus five and a half on the road against the Buccaneers. That's going to be my big easy bet. Okay. So that'll do it for the NFL picks. Uh, college, NFL, it's election night, guys. Um, if you haven't voted yet, you got – like an hour um go vote for sports gambling to be legalized in the state of louisiana because there's absolutely no reason that it shouldn't be um yeah episode 61 you got anything to say before we go no all right that'll do it remember manscaped use the promo code big easy bets 20 off your order and free shipping it would make a great gift for the holidays every guy should have one of these in their uh repertoire and then the neutral ground sports network that's all you need to know y'all have a good one who that we do, we play like we play, right, Mia?